Hello, and welcome to the Monthly Comics Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, we'll be talking about some of the comics we got this month. We'll start with DC, we'll go over to Marvel, and then we'll cover the other publishers. As always, we'll keep major spoilers to a minimum, but we'll cover general plot points and storylines of the comics we discuss. In this monthly comic spotlight, I am joined by James, and we're going to discuss some of the comics we got in April 2023. James, how you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you doing, John? I am doing well. Now, this was a four-week month, and it kind of split for me almost even on Marvel and DC, and about half again as much for the other publishers and stuff, for a total of about 60 comics. It was actually 59. 59 comics. I have mine filtered, but I have no idea. I didn't do my count, so... I can't tell you how many I got. <laughs> this was another one where it was it was a little uneven on the DC side, where again, I had one week where I had nothing, you know, so it's just... I know I got more Marvel than I did DC, but that, that's typically me just because I'm more of a Marvel guy than DC guy, but D- also DC just puts out less. DC puts out less. I got 23 DC, 24 Marvel, so it was almost even. Yeah, so you cut your Marvel reading quite a bit. I don't know how much of it I cut versus they cut. Yeah, they, they 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 do tend to churn the titles quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah. And I've got a lot of things that are just ending. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I, it happens to me too, so understandable. Yeah. Well, shall we dive into DC? Yeah, I'm filtering my list right now to pull up DC. Now it did give me a count. My Excel, for whatever reason, when I pulled it out, wasn't giving me a count. I don't know what in the heck happened. Let me see if it'll give me a count now. I got 73 comics. There it goes. Okay. Okay. All right. It wasn't working before. So now when I go to DC, only 17 of those were DC. Wow. So not all that much out of everything you got. That's almost a little over a fifth, but uh, less than a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. DC kind of has whittled down. And that's in considering we got three episodes of The Flash. Yeah. Two of Adventures of Superman. I think, I don't remember what I cut. I must have cut some stuff, but this is what I'm down to. Yeah, for me, there are a couple of these that, well, are over or ending soon, because uh, Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods, that completed. A couple of the other things are miniseries that are midway through. One, Actually, I've got more new things than ending things from DC, I think. Yeah, I didn't get any of the Lazarus Planet stuff, so that would explain some of it. Oh, you missed some interesting stuff. <laughs> not Not enough for you to go get it. I want to be clear on that. Just, but it was. Did you like it or not? No, no, I'm not going to say I liked it, but things happened. All right, things happened. All right. Specifically, because we had uh, Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods, number three, Wonder Woman, seven eighty nine, and then Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods, which I guess sort of ended all that mess. And it was interesting because I'm there reading the the Wonder Woman, and I'm like, okay, so Mary Marvel is now kind of, sort of the new Wonder Girl in all but name, and. I'm like, I wonder if this is her new status quo. And then I go read Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods, number four, and I'm like, I guess it's not. <laughs> they just threw a, threw a total loop there. If you didn't have the name of the characters and did not know that was Mary Marvel, I think you could convince somebody that it was like the Cassie Sandsmark or whatever, Wonder Girl. Really? And I and then know just... I got that name wrong for, for Cassie's last name. And they flipped that back the next issue. Yeah. Why? Well, because they could. <laughs> because they can. <laughs> Being the champion of Shazam is a temporary gig, I think. And we'll see how long that whole thing lasts. And we did get the Shazam number one. Yeah, I did get that. And I, I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked Shazam number one. How did you like it? I really liked it up until that last page or two. Yeah, I would agree. I said that was what my one of my comments on here. I put not a good ending for the Shazam comic. That that brought it down like a like a half score, basically, for me. Well, I mean, I know that bit there is the hook for the arc. I just didn't care for it. Me too. Yeah, it, it just, I didn't care for it, and that was the only thing that I didn't like about it, because I felt like Shazam number one was a good jumping on comic. It's new re- reader friendly. They explain the powers, what yeah. Shazam stands for, and you know, let you know he's a kid trapped inside and why he doesn't stay Shazam 24-7, you know, the wisdom well, versus intelligence. That was kind of like, some cool stuff they did. The whole, the power's not as cool as you think it is. That kind of irks me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How come it can't be as cool as we think it is? 
how can it just be not awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they had the right tone and style. They've got a great creative team with Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Yeah. So I got high hopes for this title. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like was the ending, what happened right at the end. But other than that, I thought it was a really strong start. I think it's probably going to be one of the stronger Shazam titles we've had probably since Power of Shazam. Yeah, I would agree. So I, this is the one I picked up a few Shazam books when they came out. And this is the first one I'm like, all right, cool. I like this one. This is good. Well, speaking of people with red costumes and a lightning bolt, what did you think of The Flash this month? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of keep on hemming and hawing. You know, you got the end of the one minute war, the reset we saw coming. Oh, surprise, yeah. surprise. And it feels like we're just getting filler right now before the issue 800 that's coming. You know, 798 they was better than the other two, which was the third one that came out. And, and that's not saying much. It was fine, but it had some good family moments, you know? Well, I thought with 796, the end of the, the one-minute war that lasted half a year, literally, over. What was the time point now gets a new name of Planet Flash, which the, the name's not going to yeah. stick. Nope. <laughs> the reset button, like you said, was hit as expected. A few people kind of have their status quo, I think, unchanged out of that. And it's like, okay, you're sweeping some stuff under the rug that never should have happened. Exactly. And then we had a bit at the end with Impulse and Max. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah, that was weird. And, and what was so frustrating is it went on for so long. And almost as soon as we were reading it, you and I kind of talked about what the ending would be. And boom, there it is. So it was so telegraphed that you knew this was going to happen. And I think that's what was so frustrating about it. Well, and it's one thing to telegraph the end of a story that's, you know, an issue long or two issues long. It's another thing for one that goes on for half a, a lot. year. Yeah, half a year. And we knew the ending the whole time, which it kind of makes you mentally check out a bit because you're like, I know where this is going and it's not that engaging anyways. Eh, it's just kind of, yeah, it's there. It is what it is. Now, I did like the 797, which it sounds like you may not have liked too much, because the whole Super Kids thing, I'm not going to say it was a great issue, but it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I would agree. I liked seeing the Super Sons again, and they kind of fit that back in the Adventures of the Super Sons era. They left a few slots open for who the other members of the Super Kids are, so I'm expecting we're going to get more on that. And then 798 kind of sort of tied in a little with that, has the potential to connect to another miniseries. We'll see if it does or not. And I'll be honest, I was surprised to see the Terrifics again. I was too. I really was surprised to see them. But yeah, I, I did like 798 a little bit more, maybe because I saw potential tie-ins to other stories. And then also, like I said, they had some good family moments, character moments. I don't know why, but maybe it's because I'm becoming human as I age. I get more into the characterization and development of characters more than the, you know, boom, bang, here's the big splash and awe scene, you know? Yeah, the shock uh, and awe is not doing it for me as much as it used to. No, it used to work really well with me, and now I, I feel less excited because it's just, it's okay, but if you don't care for the characters, what's the point? Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that entirely. So I did like that there was, I felt like there were some character moments in the 798. I mean, they were all enjoyable, just none of them were brilliant. Exactly. They were all kind of middling, is what, the way I would sum up those three issues. They're, they're all kind of like, okay, we're building up to the big 800. Mark Wade's going to write a story and probably 10 other guys, or ladies, guys and girls. Well, and what's funny is the entire One Minute War focused on so many flashes that Wally, whose title this theoretically is, didn't really get the, the spotlight as much as he could have. Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> he really wasn't in 797, like, much at all. He certainly wasn't the focus of it. Yeah. Like, are they going to push him to the background for the 800 again? Again. Yeah, exactly. Again <laughs> is the the key part of that. Yeah, because I saw we're getting a solicit for a Jay Garrick thing. That's a mini series. I think we're still getting a regular Flash number one, but they should have already solicited that, shouldn't they? They should have, but I don't remember seeing it. Well, oh, they put everything away because of that. Oh, because of night terrors or whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why we haven't seen Flash coming up. That's why. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll need to pull up my order form just to see what I've got in there if they've solicited. Yeah, but overall, like, I don't know who the writer is for number one. I don't. They probably had some kind of news article saying who it was going to be. But 
I'm hoping just for me that it's not Jeremy Adams because for me, the entire run, I felt kind of bored. Yeah, I think my problem with this run of The Flash is it lacks any kind of focus. Yeah, he showed me that he was kind of like, and I hate using these words, but it's the only way I can think of it, that he was going for gimmicks and almost yeah. like corrupt of a story when he started doing those weird tricks. Hey, let's make the book flip around. Let's do this weird stuff in here. And that told me, okay, you're in it for some cool things because you don't know where you want to go. Or maybe you're not allowed to go where you want to go. And so he just was doing weird stuff and cool stuff and neat stuff. And I'm there for a good story, a, a be- well, beginning, middle, and an end that feels impactful. He was not only doing just show offy storytelling stuff, but he would sometimes focus on Wally, sometimes he'd focus on the kids. It didn't seem like there was a consistent lead character all the times. He almost felt ADHD with the character cast. Like, yeah. I'm going to go here, 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 here. And, and you end up not care- I don't want to say not caring, but not being able to focus on anyone. It makes so many of the issues feel like fillers. Yep. That's exactly how they all felt. They felt fillerish. Like, yeah. Fill- yeah. That's a good way to sum up the entire run. That's sad. Because he was on there for a long time. I have checked, and I do not have a Flash number one on order yet. Yeah, so there's no number one, and I don't know who the writer's going to be, but hopefully not Jeremy Adams. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I hate saying that, but yeah, hopefully not. So what did you think of Nightwing this time around? Nightwing. I thought this was okay. I wouldn't put it into that good category, like above average. So without Bruno Redondo, and it's becoming a Titans book, that's what impaired it, I felt like. So I feel like he's trying to write the Titans book and build up excitement for the Titans book, but I want to read the Nightwing book that I was reading before, and I'm not getting that now. So Nightwing, I feel like right now, it's just not as good as it was previously. It's an okay read. It's not top-notch right now. And the backup story with Dick training with John Kent, I thought that ended well. I actually liked the backup up maybe a little bit more. It was sad, you know, the kid trying to cut his own rope to be a normal kid. So the story's not over. Yeah. Oh, it's not over. I thought that was the end of it. <laughs> well, they mentioned this bomb, and I'm like, bomb? What bomb? I, I don't remember that. And it, it was only it had to be two issues ago. They they put it in there. Oh, I I, I forgot about the bomb. Okay, I read this probably about a month ago. <laughs> That's the problem I've got. I mean, I liked this, but you're right. It was totally a Titans issue, not a Nightwing issue. But I like the Titans, so there's that. Yeah. But it ended on a very interesting note. And honestly, if it had ended on almost any other note. I probably would have had this a letter grade lower than I did because I was too charitable to it. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, but you feel what I'm feeling, that it's not the Nightwing story we were reading. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the characters from the the Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo stuff that was introduced, seemed like had a lot of potential, was name-dropped but not seen. And I'm like, you couldn't even draw her in for a panel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel like the Nightwing book that I felt like I loved was put on hiatus for a while. That's, that, that's how I feel right now. Even though I know it's not on hiatus, it's just the feeling I get. The thing I think they need to address, given the Titans have kind of taken over the Nightwing book before they get their own, which is coming, I already got the first issue of it, so it's here yeah. next month. They need to address why Batgirl isn't a member. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, And I have that on pre-order too, so I don't know if it's in my stack. that Has it, has it already shipped or not? I, I got it in my last shipment, so... Oh, okay. Well, I probably have it in my stack. I haven't read those comics for I thought I May. Did. Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I didn't. Did I get it? Huh. Now I threw you a curveball. Well, I try not to look too far ahead, but... <laughs> well, I stopped reading ahead because that was messing me all up when we were talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all my May books are stacked up right now. Yeah, I didn't get it. I, maybe I've just seen the cover enough. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's coming out soon. I know it's coming out any day now. Yeah. Yeah, so... But I am excited for it. But this one... I'm glad you liked how it ended, and I, I agree. It was a decent ending, and I think that worked a little bit better for you than it did for me. But I'm still enjoying the book. I would put it not not in like a bad or, or even just mediocre. It's kind of like in between the mediocre and good, you know? It's like it's better than just an average comic, but it's not the comic I want for this book, if that makes sense. Well, it's not the Nightwing title we had. Exactly. So I feel like I don't want to call it a bait and switch, but I know what he's doing because he's the writer on Titan. So I'm like, come on, man. Okay, I'm going to hang in with you here, but get back to what you're doing as soon as the Titan book launches. <laughs> well, we're going to have the next issue be more Titan stuff because they got to finish this arc. 
Yep. The one after that is what is it like to be Nightwing for a day? So we see it from his point of view. So gimmick issue. Now, granted, Bruno's back for that. They do good gimmick issues. They really do. <laughs> but it, it's not going to be till 106 until we're possibly, if we're lucky, back into the old Nightwing title we had with these guys. And that's not going to happen for a couple of months because of the, the Night Terror stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to have... We're going to record on topics like this later on at another time, but I think you and I are both going to be opinionated with both creative teams putting titles on hold, publishers putting titles on hold, and what it does for the monthly reader. We've got a couple of questions that circle around these sorts of issues. I don't know if they hit them all necessarily directly, but so when we get to the Q&A episode this week, we'll, I, I've got some thoughts. Yeah, I do too. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that recording. Or maybe I have some rants. Yeah, I mean, you be the judge. <laughs> hey, that's the best kind of recording right there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, like a Night, Nightwing was decent. It was a decent issue. Now, it, we got two other number ones that I, I know you got because I saw your stuff, and I got a number one that I think you didn't get. Okay. First of all, one that I did like, and I'm curious if you liked it, Green Arrow number one. I liked it. I was actually surprised the way that story started. I was expecting what we got sort of hinted at at the beginning to not show up until like issue six of the six. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would agree. And the thing that really got me stoked for this book is I felt like Williamson did a good job because it felt like almost a perfect jumping on point. It was a great jumping on point. We got a yes. lot of classic Green Arrow family characters back in play, which is awesome. Yeah, he, all the characters with their status quos. So the reader knows what's going on. It's never done today. I, I really appreciated he did that. Well, there are still more characters to be had, but we've got yes. five more issues, so that's cool. I mean, I'm curious where this goes. They went in a direction or two I wasn't expecting, but I liked. I mean, this was much better than I was expecting it to be, and I'm very happy with that. Me too. It was so good, and I even really appreciated the jokes when he, he kind of wakes up and about the island. Mm -hmm. uh, that, 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 that just was funny to me. So I, I think people should give this a read if they haven't picked it up already. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. This and, and Shazam number one. Now, the other one that was a number one that I was curious about your thought was we got Superman. Is it the boy of tomorrow or? Superboy, the man of tomorrow, because that's not confusing. <laughs> Superman. I, I saw you opening your box. You're like, Superman, I guess he's the man of today. <laughs> and But I mean, it's like, I'm like, okay, Superboy seems to not fit in on Earth. So he goes to outer space. That's what we're doing. and starts a fight. That's the book. Well, I mean, that's that's where they go these days, if we don't know what to do with the character, so he must have self-esteem issues or something of that sort. I mean, they could have just as easily had this character go hang out with the rest of Young Justice, the Titans, take your pick. I mean, his Titans, not the Titans, because that's not confusing either. <laughs> but hammering home, we've got too many Kryptonians on Earth right now. Is that really the message you want to be sending your readers? Yeah. I mean, this was an okay first issue. It was nothing terrific. Um mildly curious who those Cosmoteers are, not that that's a good name at all. And then I hit the backup, and I'm like, why is there a Jon Stewart story here? It and, made no sense, did it? Well, and I couldn't figure out, is it a rotating feature of other Round Robin finalists? Is it going to tie together? Is it not? Is this just a one and done? I mean, it, it was weird. It didn't work for me. It didn't for me either, and I, I didn't like the direction of Superboy, just okay, here's this character, I don't fit in, so let's jettison the character. It, it was just weird, bizarre, and I'm not saying it was bad, because I would, I would say it's kind of okay. And will I stick around for an okay book? Maybe. I'll give it an arc and then see. It certainly was not great, and I'm not crazy with them kind of going to the let's make this character look like he did originally versus how he looked when he was, you know, say, really popular in the Titans and such. Yeah, exactly. Hey, now let me ask you one other question. We got another number one, but I don't know if you got this. I can't remember from your opening box openings. Peacemaker tries hard. It was a black label. Nope. Okay, I didn't realize it was black label when I ordered it. I don't really like the character that per se, but I like the issue. I I've never really read him before, so I, I can't say that I like him or dislike him. It's just I, I don't have a lot of experience with him. And there was just enough comedy, and it wasn't over the top that it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm figuring, you know, he's out of the Suicide Squad. He has a new French Bulldog that gets kidnapped, and he's on to this hijinks, you know, saving the French Bulldog. But I mean, if you're in for a, like 
I, I don't want to say Deadpool because Deadpool's kind of really over the top, but it's more in that vein that it may work for you if you want it. That's because it's not over the top, but it's got some comedy. It's not something I'm really interested in. Okay, I picked it up on a whim and it worked for me. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, so I'm happy with it. But I, I did notice there was curse words, and I was like, "Oh, black label." Okay. Yeah, that's not too surprising. <laughs> so now, one other one I wanted to ask you about: Adventures of Superman. We got two issues. Yes, this is the John Kent book. Yeah. Okay. Now this one I feel like is better than the previous Superman. The Adventures has been working for me better than the previous John Kent book. I would agree with that. Yeah, it it just works so much better. So like with issue two, we get an issue with the not Red Tornado (laughs) and not President Superman getting trounced by Ultraman. And I was just like, so kind of surprised. I was like, whoa. And then you get Ultraman after, you know, like what happened at the end of the book. I was like, what in the heck happened here with issue two? Well, it happened, but it will will eventually unhappen because... There are certain things you don't do to certain characters. Exactly. I was like, what? Ha-? So I don't know how they're going to rewind that, but I know they have to. Uh, rewind it, ignore it, reboot the universe, tomato, tomato. It's all the same. <laughs> but in issue three, I thought was better than issue two because you get that pocket universe with well, the super pocket universe. It's an actual alternate timeline with the injustice stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so. So this is Injustice, which I have in hardcover and I've never read. At some point, we should do those as back-issue spotlights. I think that's some of Tom Taylor's best stuff, because he he started with an iconic DC universe that took bits and pieces pre-crisis, post-crisis, you know, here, there, and others, but recognizable. It's like, okay, this feels right, even if he was changing a few things here and there a little bit. And then he nudged a couple of characters further and further. It's like, can we get them to lean over the line? Can they lose sight of the line? Oh, wait, they've long since crossed over the line. Oh, and see, I loved it. I loved the whole premise that it was set up. So I would love the book because this worked for me. I think you would like it a lot. I enjoyed it a ton. Now, it's been long enough since I've read the Injustice stuff that there was one thing they did with one of the characters that I know they explained. I knew it made sense when I was reading the stuff, but I'm like, wait a sec, how? Why? On this one thing, but I, I liked how in number three there of Adventures of Superman John Kent, we're on the Injustice world. Superman Jr. there is kind of exploring it, trying to figure out why is it just so peaceful and stuff, because he knows things aren't on the up and up. Yeah, exactly. He's a little suspicious and a little bit ominous, you know, this about that. You know. And it's, you know, we'll give you a tour. It's like, can I look for myself? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what happens, you know, how does that shoe drop on the next issue? Exactly. And I'll tell you what, one other thing that I really loved about this world is I felt like they messed up the Super Sons, you know? And I like that in this world, they have an older Damien to match the older John. Yes. So they can get together. They should have never messed that up. They should have never allowed that to happen. It's been a travesty. Well, again, we got the classic Super Sons over in Flash this month, so. That is true. Yeah, we did get them there. Now, the other thing we glossed over a little low in that second issue of Adventures of Superman. Yeah, yeah. We had John get a short burst of the electric blue Superman power. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to talk about that. Almost, yeah, that's almost like the new 52 Superman, right? No, actually, it. well, it's it's got some similarities to that with his kind of explosion, stuff. explosion thing. Yeah. But it actually harkens back to, like, the 90s when they turned oh. Superman into the electric blue Superman stuff. And that was a riff on the old imaginary story of Superman Red, Superman Blue, where Red Kryptonite split Superman in half, one with an all-red costume, one with an all-blue costume, one marries Lois, one marries Lana, they solve all the problems in the universe, because why not? Yeah. But they gave him electric powers in the 90s and stuff, and this is hearkening back to that. And this actually had an interesting explanation as to kind of how things might play out, but for something that theoretically came out of Lazarus Planet, it's a slow burn to get here, you know? I would agree. Yeah, a very slow burn to get there. But I think he's doing a better job with this, I, I, I don't even what, volume of John Kent Superman than the previous one. The I would previous agree one was, This is was, working was better for me. Yeah, this is, this is the sweet spot, so keep running with it. Be, you know, the other stuff that I got, you know, like World's Finest was, it, it was not one of the best issues, and Batman you know, like, 
with issue 134, I'm like, this title's getting less less good, if you could say, as it goes. Yeah. But And then we got the big anniversary issue, which if, if you like seeing a bunch of different Batmans, cool. But other than that, I didn't really love it. It was an interesting way to end that kind of multiversal arc. Yeah. Seeing all those different incarnations of Batman appear, including a number of very recognizable ones. Yeah. Not a horrible way to celebrate issue 900, but the way the, the Tim Drake backup feature just kind of merged into lead story and, yep, it's done. I don't know. It didn't. It was a good issue. It didn't totally work for me. Yeah, I agree. This run of Batman's just meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meh. <laughs> and then, oh, and one other thing I'll tell you that's a good thing. The War of the Undead Gods, the deceased book. Mm-hmm. We got the very last issue. He's he's done like three or four miniseries as Tom Taylor again, just doing like his injustice thing, but with this zombie type virus. It was the final in the series. Not it was not an action issue. It was more of a wrap up and tearful memories of those that have been lost because those who got were lost in this world were lost, and those who were left behind got left behind. But it was really solid the entire thing. It was good. Good ending. Good. Glad it ended well. Yeah. But I mean, and then the other books were just kind of like, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> and I did confirm Titans was in my latest shipment for the week of the time. Oh, okay. Cool. So I probably have it in my stack out there to read too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I read a couple other things, nothing that just blew my socks off. There were one or two that I had a couple of questions on, like, how is this character here or whatnot? Icon versus hardware had a lot of time travel, alternate timeline stuff kind of going on. So interesting, but I don't know how how many people are going to love that or not. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. So, I mean, overall, it was not a bad month for DC, but it was not a great month either. No, I would agree, and I would say that some of the new books that are coming out from DC are starting off on the right foot, which is a good thing. I do have one thing I want to talk about with Detective Comics 1071. I'll go for it. I didn't get it, so... First off, I'm not loving the arc. This is a title I've been debating, should I drop or not? But there was one line of dialogue. Okay. And I'm like, who says something like that to Batman? What'd they say? <laughs> I gotta know. If they truly have a device that can infuse a city with their will, like you say, Batman, dot, dot, dot. I mean, that's that's like, if, if you're telling the truth, Batman, I guess, yeah, sure, there's something to worry about. <laughs> who doubts him? <laughs> How can anyone in that, in, in any DC universe or whatever, say that to almost any Batman. Yeah, that makes no sense. (laughs) And the person who said it is actually probably about the only one who could do it without getting his head knocked off. I think I might know who it is. It just kind of blinked and moved on. (laughs) That's funny. And it's not the kind of person that would have said that to Batman. Wow. Wow, that just... That's not a great line. It doesn't make sense. Not working. I mean, that's the kind of thing, if the equivalent were done with, say, the Joker, it would have been followed with a panel of him shooting that thug and moving on, you know? But yeah, it was just it was just weird. That's funny. <laughs> Shall we move on to Marvel? Yeah, let's do that. Because Marvel, I had more books that I didn't enjoy, but I, I blame a little bit of that on the ordering snafu. Because I, you remember how I was still getting books that I ordered that I didn't even know what they were? Yeah, you ordered blind. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like the Cosmic year. Ghost Rider, Hallow's Eve, which I should have known. So I got some of those things. I was just like, this is bad. But there was other ones that were really bad for me. Such as? Hulk. Oh, that's uh, a shame. You love the Hulk. I love the Hulk. And we got Hulk number 14. And it, it is the last issue that, remember, Donny Cates was writing it. Mm-hmm. Donny Cates disappeared from Marvel. He's disappeared. He had a few issues of Vanish come out, but he's just, you know, I don't see him writing anything. And so they had like a temporary writer for one minute, and then they finished with Ryan Otley Ah. is the writer, and he's not a writer. And so he was writing, and he did a good enough job considering he's never really written, to my knowledge. I mean, he put words on a page, but it it was almost... It was really unbearable, and the last issue, it felt like the like they came to him. And they said, "All right, your three episode issues or four issues of material, cram it in here. You're done." And this, it finished, boom, abruptly. That's a shame. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, it, it felt like it was just axed. We got to cut this thing off, and it, it went down a bad path to start with with Donnie Cates and the three different personalities. I, I it was the worst run of the Hulk I've ever read. Mm. Fourteen issues, and I almost dropped it. Yeah, well, I don't have to worry about. Dropping things at Marvel these days because so much of what I have on my list this time is either one shots 
or the final issue of. Yeah, they do that a lot. <laughs> I mean, I've got five or six that are the last issue of, and at least three one-shots. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a third of what I got from Marvel this time. Isn't going to be here next month? Yeah, that that will affect your reading list. <laughs> Did you ever cancel Spider-Man, or are you seeing it through till the end of the end of the Spider-Verse arc to see if he does something else? I am still getting it, although I think 8 came out and I don't have it. With 7, though, first off, it was kind of cool to see Leopardon or whatever from the Japanese Spider-Man show from the 70s. Yeah. They had a few people just magically kind of have the reset button hit, and, well, they're back, including somebody being brought back that never existed, because that's not confusing. (laughs) And I'm like, I hope this ends the Spider-Verse stuff, because it seemed to be the end of that arc. And that the other bazillion spider people just go back to their worlds and be gone. Yeah, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I doubt that'll happen, but I can hope. Yeah, I, that's what I'm hoping for, too. Yeah. It, it's just like, that. that's one of the ones I didn't enjoy. The other ones I'm not enjoying are Thor 33, the new writer, Torin Grunbeck. By the way, I found out that's a lady. Yeah. I didn't know the name Torin was a, a I couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl. I have never no heard. Yeah, yeah. I, but I saw the picture in the comic. I was like, oh, it's a lady. And then. Venom Lethal Protector, I canceled it. And Warlock Rebirth, I didn't like that one. Those were the ones I didn't like. That one worked all right for me, but I enjoyed the whole Infinity Watch stuff back in the day. And this was, you know, a fun reminder of that era. Yeah, I know you enjoyed it more than I did. I we I don't remember, but we kind of spoiled and I said I didn't like it that much. You said you liked it a little bit more. But yeah, I, I, I didn't care for it. It just wasn't for me. But it's only a four-issue miniseries, too. Well, and you didn't read the Infinity stuff. Gauntlet, War, Crusade, and all that stuff back in the day, did you? No, I re- I reread it later, but no, I didn't pick it up off the rack. Because, I mean, this is Ron Mars, Ron Lim, so it's the equivalent of, like, the Joe Fixit stuff, or the Symbiote Spider-Man stuff, or... That that, that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, Joe Fixit's very nostalgic for me, so, like, I really enjoyed Joe Fixit number four. I thought yeah. it was great. Fun read. got the, the background on the character and the backstory and stuff, it works much better. Exactly. So eh, that makes sense. And, and for me, I'm just like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Now, what did you like? Because I, I start off with things I didn't like, but there were some things that I did like. Did you like Wolverine 32 this time? Wolverine 32 was one of those where I, the, the whole Wolverine versus Beast stuff is just continuing to be an interesting arc. I love that. Yeah. I think I know how it's going to ultimately play out. Yeah. But it's fun to watch. It's actually made the book so entertaining because before that, it felt like it was a little bit okay, you know, just average book. And this Beast thing has really taken it to another level. It's made it really fun. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this was one of the ones I was thinking about cutting. And then this kicked in and I'm like, okay, this is worth watching. Yeah, exactly. And then the ones that I think you liked that I was going to mention, Fantastic Four, are you enjoying that or not? This is the sixth issue. This was not the greatest of issues for it. I mean, it wasn't the worst either, but it was one that's like, yeah, I kind of saw where they were going on this. Yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, where the, the threat was going, at least. The way they solved it was just kind of slow, and the twist at the end wasn't really a great direction to go in, but we'll see how it goes next issue, which is going to be issue 7 and issue 700. So I'm hoping they pull out all the stops and do something really good. I mean, I've been reading the Fantastic Four off the rack longer than almost, well, probably actually any other title that's out these days. And But yeah, this one's not the best for you. No, no, it's not. And particularly after the I slot agree. run, which was so good. Slot was way better than this. I agree. <laughs> I One thing that I wrote on this issue, I was like, they used a dome, you know, with the bacteria type thing. And I just kept thinking, could we have used a localized dome? You know, it felt like it was in a localized area, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Eh, we're going to do this. And then, one that I thought that I know that I saw on your reading list that I really enjoyed, and I think you might have enjoyed, Avengers War Across Time, number four. Did you like that? That was fun. I mean, it's a little chaotic with everything going on, but it's, I mean, I like Paul Lovitz's writing. Me too. And Alan Davis is just terrific on the art. It's just, this is one of those things that, again, is set in another time period. It's a little hard to always kind of shift back and forth from the modern day to then. And the writing style is a little bit of a mix of a serial adventure, yet very episodic feeling in places. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Hey, what's weird is 
I, I wasn't reading comics back then. You weren't reading comics back then. And I'm not – I have never really read Paul Levitz because he was a DC writer, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the Marvel guy. And I, I've just been having fun with this. I thought it was a fun read. And then after everything that happened with the Dwarf King <laughs> and the Hammer, I, I like now we're getting back to Kang. So I'm interested to see the last issue because I want to f- focus in on the Kang story. Yeah, I think it'll land the ending because, I mean, Paul Levitz has a, a good track record on that. It's just one of those that it's a different feel of a read, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. I know exactly what you mean by that. And I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's not, you know, if there was only one Marvel book I got this month, would it be that? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably not, but honestly, I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. Probably not Captain America Cold War Alpha. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I'm not loving the Bucky Gone Bad stuff. I, no, just, I, I don't buy it. It's not working. It seems like a setup for him to be like, I was, it was a double cross. Ha ha. And then when did his arm start morphing like that? I don't know. That's very weird. I, I don't know when that started happening, and it, but now it's happening. I, I think it started here. Ah, okay. This I is could it. be wrong on that. The one hope I have for this, and this is my only hope because I'm really not enjoying any of this Captain America stuff, is we seem to be going back to that Dimension Z with Steve's son whatever Ian. i can't Ian. nomad yeah nomad and and that i did kind of joy enjoy when rick remender was writing that i thought it was a good read when he went to dimension z it wasn't great but i enjoyed it i didn't love it yeah yeah i, I wouldn't say i loved it but i liked it. that was just me so it worked for me at the time and so i don't mind going there but i have a feeling i haven't liked any of this stuff that i'm just gonna be like eh, when we get there i want to see a team up of bucky and cable that would work that for some crazy reason, I don't know how you'd quite work this out, they end up swapping arms. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> now, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty, that was just finishing up the arc leading into Cold War. It was okay, not great. Yep. And then we got Symbol of Truth, and it was one of those things that, you know, I knew going in it was going to be the chapter of the longer arc, because this is the whole Cold War Part 2 stuff. But we hit a point, and I'm like, what is Peggy doing? And I'm wait, that's not Peggy. Yeah. It's not Rogue, either, who I would have confused her with. But I'm like, if if there hadn't been something telling me it wasn't Peggy, I, would, I was convinced it was. Yep. And I'm like, that's just not great storytelling. I would agree, because I thought it was Peggy the entire time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Or not cool. <laughs> yeah. So unclear storytelling, not a plus in my book. And Symbol of Truth... I'm curious if we're going to have two Captain America titles after Cold War. I hope not. If if we have more than one and only one of them has Steve Rogers, that's probably the only one I'll keep getting. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I was not reading the Sam Wilson one, but I picked it up for this crossover event. And I don't know. We'll see. I've been reading it. I like Sam Wilson, but I like him better as Falcon than as Cap. Me too. That's how I like him as Falcon. It, it, he works as Cap, but it's like, it's weird. I don't dislike him as Cap. I'm actually very much looking forward to the, the Captain America movie starring that character. I think it'll be a ton of fun. Yeah, he's really good at it. But the writing on the book just, just hadn't been great. That's exactly what it is. The writer, the his name's like Onyabuchi or something. I don't know what his name is. I can't pronounce it. Tochi <laughs> Onyabuchi sound sure, something like that. And I, I apologize to the writer for mispronouncing it. I am bad with names. Yeah, I have no idea how to say that name. <laughs> what, now, I want to ask you, is there anything that you did like? Because there was a few that I re- I did enjoy that I know you're not getting. Why do you have to phrase it that way? Because it sounds like I'm slamming everything. <laughs> you hate it all, John. I, you're a jaded man. <laughs> I'm a jaded man. I can't deny that. We'll get to that in the Q&A stuff. But I'm liking a lot of things. There's not a whole lot that's really getting into that A category for me. Yeah, I would agree. But I don't think there's anything wrong with stuff being solid Bs, B minuses, B pluses. Yeah, there's a lot of B stuff. Yeah, most of it, and that's fine. I mean, it it ought to be that way. Yeah. Because there should be a selection bias towards the better stuff. So if if you know you've got the bell curve and everything you're reading is at that C level, you're picking wrong. I agree. If you're picking well, it should be mostly in that B range with some stuff hitting that A's because wow, it's really great. And a few things in the C category, because it's a swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? very true. So, it's, a bell cur- it's a bell curve. Yeah, it's just the, the nature of things. 
Now, I really enjoyed Wasp. I thought it ended the story well. It surprised me it had a last-page teaser for, like, another arc, but no clue when it'll be, because this is a four-issue miniseries. By the way, you sold me on that. I think I picked up the trade. I mean, I'm I'm happy they're doing more. I just kind of like to know when to expect it so I don't miss it. Yeah. Well, I'm getting the trade, and I'll read it, and I'll pick up the next issues when they come out, whenever that is. Based on this, because you, you sold it to me. Yeah, I think they're they're doing some good stuff with the character. Characters, plural. Did you want to hear about the ones that I liked that you're not getting? Sure. Oh, you're like, sure. What the <laughs> I mean, I'm what not getting heck? them, so... What the hell? <laughs> the listeners might like. Daredevil number 10, still good. That's uh, the Batman writer, Zdarsky, still writing it. So it's it's the whole Elektra, Matt, they've been wedded. And there was a big fight between the Punisher and Daredevil. The, the, the Daredevil's mm-hmm. big group of characters, and the Punisher has all, the whole hand with him, and they clashed. Well, who doesn't want this mega fight going on? The Avengers showed up. And so the Avengers are basically in the Punisher book, and in the Daredevil book, they're trying to take down the Daredevil and the Punisher. Interesting. Which group of Avengers? I think it's the new group, because I can't remember the new lineup, but it's not the lineup from the old book that we okay. didn't like by Aaron. So, so I think sense. it's, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's the new lineup. And it, it was good in Daredevil. It was really good in Punisher. The Punisher was fantastic because not only do you have the Avengers showing up, the, which I assume was the new cast, to apprehend the Beast, you know, we'll call him that. Not to be confused with the Beast that Wolverine's fighting, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But Frank has approached someone. I, I feel like I should just say it because it's been so long, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it. It's saying the war's over, you know, I'm ready to go home. And the Avengers are like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> and Doctor Strange attempts surgery of sorts, basically trying to get this demon out of Frank. And we get tons of background on the relationship between Frank and his wife prior to her being killed. And there was some shocking moments that happened in that. It, it, this is a total book. If you want to know who the Punisher really is, you have to read this title because it gives you all the background for him as a child to him coming home from the war, which is just kind of glossed over in other Punisher comics. I mean, I get that, and I respect that. I'm glad they're diving into him, but there is a part of me that the Punisher is the guy with the guns. Yes. And I don't really need to know more than that. I mean, I got nothing against that as an approach. It's just, in a world of superheroes, that's not bringing a whole lot to the table. And when you do like a movie or TV show kind of a thing, frankly, it's not bringing a whole lot to the table because there are a lot of guys with guns on TV and movies. That's true. That is true. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've been loving it because I always love the Punisher mm-hmm. as a character. So it, it's been working for me. And what kind of worked about it is showing how gray he is. I love gray characters in books. So I, I've said that numerous times. It shows how gray he is. I don't know that I would make him gray. He's one of those that I think works best when he's got a very black and white. This guy has crossed the line. He must die. Yeah, that's who he is. Ultimately, what we're getting to is he's a psychopathic killer with a code. And what happens is you have people who kind of idolize the, the psychopath, the killer. He's a mass murderer. He, he's killed police. He's killed mm-hmm. numerous. He's killed soldiers. Whatever got in his way, he would kill. People idolize it, but he has a rationale. And so it gives you the, like almost the psyche of any serial killer. They rationalize it in their mind Yeah. to make it okay. And so really, do you like the Punisher? And I'm like, it makes you start to question. You're like, oh, do I like the Punisher? <laughs> Now, the other two books that I really did enjoy, which I know you didn't get, and okay, and I got to preface this. I got, I picked up Alien number one, which is the third Alien miniseries. The other, the first Alien miniseries I picked up, ugh, didn't work for me. Second one, I didn't even pick it up because I was like, I'm not reading this. Third one, for whatever reason, I picked it up. And it recapped what happened in the other two miniseries at the beginning. And they're, they're, they're set decades apart, so you don't really need to know. But it, this one really worked because there's some family moments, families working in a mining town where bad things happen. You know, their corporation that they're working for was taken over by, I think it's the Wayland Corp that gets involved in the whole alien nonsense, you know, dredging it up. And they're kind of forcing these guys to labor and get the weapon for Wayland. And the Marines show up, hey, your company's been taken over and things go south really quick and kids are involved. So it's very impactful. And then, the other one they picked up, which was part of that foxing, was Planet of the Apes number one. How was that? I was curious about that. Not enough to get it, but curious. 
Okay, I I think it it did recap some of what happened in the movies, but I saw that so long ago that I really enjoyed it that it kind of recapped everything. So I enjoyed the issue. Basically, it was showing like all the stuff how the virus first started and how people were after the apes mm-hmm. and people were trying to protect the apes because there's a misunderstanding that people were thinking the apes caused the outbreak of the disease that was attacking humanity, but really they were going to be the cure because they had an immunity to it. And, you know, just misinformation and stuff like that. So I thought it was just a really solid one about the whole simian virus and misunderstanding and distortion of information. Hmm. And, you know, soldiers are trying to protect the apes that are surviving and people, mass groups of people with paranoia are trying to kill the soldiers and the and the apes. It, it was really, really cool. And you see them slowly getting smarter as they go. You know, one of the soldiers signing to one of the apes on, on a protection fleet yeah. thing, you know they're taking them somewhere but i thought it was a really solid start i only watched i think the first of the new set of movies i'd watched all the old ones yeah if you're a planet of the apes fan i think you might enjoy it you might want to pick it up see if eric can grab it for you eh, i'll think about it okay now it's not must read but I, I i liked it it does sound good i'll give it that so yeah and th- those were the ones that i really liked did you like Doctor Strange, by the way, I know you were enjoying the first issue. We got the second. I like that. Solid, kind of done in one-ish story. Yeah. But not just cold end at the, or, you know, hard stop at the end and stuff. Looking forward to where they go. I think Jed McKay is doing some great stuff here. Yeah, I would agree. This is kind of like an, like a B book, B story. It was good. Just It's not a great story. It's just a one and done. Boom. There you go. Well, it's it's got the storytelling style like Black Cat tended to have. Yeah, I agree. Ongoing stuff, but you come into an issue, you get something solid out of it, and if you don't come back for the next, you're not wondering, oh, I wonder whatever happened to. But, you know, if you do, there's stuff to pull you from issue to issue, but each issue stands on its own. Yeah, like you could pick up issue two and six, and it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is hard to do, and I appreciate it when they do that. Every comic should be like a first comic. (laughs) Yeah, so this one's solid. I'm enjoying it, so it's, it's good stuff. What did you think of—you're you, you're not getting Scarlet Witch yet, are you? You thought I'm about not. it, but I haven't. Okay. That's one where, do you think I should pick up the trade on it? Because I, I didn't. I picked up the Wasp, but I don't think I picked up the Scarlet Witch, but I could. I'm enjoying it. I know you're not much for Steve Orlando, so there's that. Yeah. Sarah Pacelli's art works for me. I don't know if it works for you. Oh, I do like Pacelli. I, I just don't like Orlando, but well, how's the book going? I liked it. There was an aspect where— one of the story things, it's like we had this little marble of anti-magic metal, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's a plot device to have when you've got a magic character like Scarlet Witch. Okay. And then we get to a point where there's 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 more than just a marble, like a lot more. And I'm like, wait, where, how, huh? You know? <laughs> so that that didn't feel like they'd earned that plot development. I think there's a little bit of a pause between issue five and what comes after that, because of the whole annual and that arc and stuff. I'm sitting out the annual and such. So I need to make a decision if I'm going to stay on for the next arc. I probably will. I just not totally sure. I'm liking it though. It's good. Okay. Well, I had one I wanted to mention, one book, and then I had one I wanted to ask you about. The one that I was going to mention just in case anyone wants to know, I I did pick up Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a new number one. Mm -hmm. And it was very weird because it was like reading a Western tale. It literally reads like a Western. And you're like, what the heck? (laughs) Guardians of the West, but you know they're trying to save some locals from Groot. Apparently, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know why he is in the state he's in, but whatever. The Guardians are saving him from Groot, and some people can't be saved. And I felt like it was goodish, not not bad. Not it wasn't enough to where I'm like I might see it through an arc, but I don't feel like it's going to have staying power for me. Ah, okay. But it wasn't bad. It was it was just like. It's okay. It just felt weird. And I, I felt a little bit off because I don't know why Groot is the way he is and why is this a Western. And then uh, the one I wanted to ask you about was I didn't read the whole Sins of Sinister thing, but we got the Dominion and I did pick up the Dominion thing and I had no clue what was going on. And I'm like, can you please tell me what you thought? Because I can't really process this. <laughs> well, there were a couple of things that led into that. There was Immortal X- or Immoral X-Men number three. Yes. And there was a lot going on there. Too much of it via captions, but okay. There was Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. That one didn't work too well for me. I just didn't care for the art style in that issue. And then there was also Nightcrawlers. And, I mean, there was there was a lot going on there. It was an interesting arc. I don't know if it's completely essential to the X-Men reading, 
But then when we get to Sins of Sinister Dominion, which is kind of tying it all together. Yeah. I mean, overall, the whole Sins of Sinister arc was good, better in some places than others. And I think it's good to read this issue because the last couple of pages of this are going to change the status quo for the X titles for a bit. How can they, how can it not? Yeah, that's, I felt like it was supposed to be a, you know, big things are happening, but mm-hmm. I was kind of confused by it at the same time, not having read all the other books. Well, it's basically these three miniseries of Nightcrawlers, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, and Immoral X-Men. The first issues played out like a year from now. The second issues 10 years from now, or it was 10 ah. years, 100 years, and 1,000 years or something like that. That old Hickman thing. The whole Hickman thing. Ah, okay. So we find out how this timeline projects out. Okay. And then a bit of a reset button is is hit with some information coming back. And if you read The Sins of Sinister Dominion with just the two characters pop up, one, and they claim these things, and they're like, oh, well, okay, little odd. Would have been funny to do that without these miniseries and have these people maybe be faking what they know. But anyways, definitely it's it introduces a character or two into the X-Men franchise present day and definitely changes the status quo for a handful of characters, how long it plays out, what's the next, you know, piece of the puzzle and stuff. Because I think this is all leading to the whole Fall of X thing coming up soon. Which I am excited for that. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that's good, and I, I hope it's not just a whole trashing of everything Hickman did, because Hickman, I think, did something amazing. But I have a feeling they're just going to burn it down. <laughs> just like <laughs> I hope not, because me too. I really hope they don't. I, I think this was such a game changer, and then to go back to well, they're just a couple of mutants in a mansion that's posing as a school or something would be so lame, anticlimactic at the very least. Yes, anticlimactic. You, you're, you're so much. Yeah, I need to expand my vocabulary. <laughs> it's lame. <laughs> Now, there was one other I wanted to to ask you about, because I thought we ought to discuss it. Okay, what is that? Avengers Assemble Omega. Ah, yeah. You want to say, you want to know what I said on this? My notes? Nice, thick book. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, finally the end of Jason Aaron's run. I mean, it was a decent ending. It took way too long to get there. And was it my imagination, or was most of this just epilogues? It was all epilogues. The whole thing was epilogues. It was weird. It was such a big book. It was so much content in there. Read it. I mean, it was, it was felt like 100 pages. Well, it was $8, so I hope we get a, a lot of pages. Yeah. yeah. Let's we'll, we'll say 96 for that. Was it really that long? It, it, it felt like it took forever to read. Well, it felt that long. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I just don't know that it was that. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. But I mean, it, it, I read it. It felt like a bunch of epilogues. It felt like... A lot of stuff didn't happen. I felt like I wasted five years of my life. (laughs) I hate, I hate, it was the worst Jason Aaron book I've ever read. The worst Avengers I think I've ever read. I've read worse. Actually, some 70s stuff that I read in the past, 80s, there was some, some rough spots. I mean, the 90s had its moments, but a lot of people didn't like it. I would say Chuck Austin's run had the worst characterizations. Yeah. But I would say probably the Heroes Reborn, the original Heroes Reborn by Liefeld and Company was probably the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, this, this just wasn't for me, so I'm, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. But th- this, this was, I don't want to say it's the worst. It just, I felt like a whole lot of nothing that I wanted to read. Well, that was it. All of these things over his run, they had some decent moments here and there. But it was just a series of stories that had a very much more supernatural bent and weren't stories that was what I was wanting. No. He, he started off very strong with two things that I, I still remember to this day where I was so excited. We got the whole Russian team, I can't remember, and the Squadron Supreme. And I felt like we we're going to have almost like a nationwide conflict or a, a planet-wide conflict between you know Russia and yeah. the U.S. and I was like, wow, that could be really cool. And then he had the whole, oh, what was the other thing? It was the, it was, they did some stuff with vampires, which I was like, that could be interesting, but it's so weird because he was like, why a sheriff out of Blade? And then he never visited it again, just left it. We're gone. Yeah, I was tossing an interesting thing out there for an arc and move on. It was, it was a bit of shock and awe. And for some people, that works great. For me, not so much. 
Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And then we never read it about it again. And and by the time, whatever happened with the Squadron Supreme, we saw them for like an issue or two. Well, that led into the whole Heroes Reborn stuff. And then the question is, how many of them made it out of that timeline, pocket universe, or whatever the hell it was? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Nighthawk did, but I think in this issue, he was wondering if some of the others did. Yeah. I mean, it, it just felt like so much throw, throw stuff out there. It doesn't go anywhere. By the time you revisit it, you don't care. I'm sure somebody out there loves it, but not me. Did you read all of the Mary Jane Black Cat stuff? I did. Because <laughs> we got the fifth issue, which may complete it. It may not. I don't know. I, I think I'm out of it based on how this one was. I, it was a decent end of the miniseries. It was decent. It, it's just, it wasn't good. It wasn't the done-in-one kinds of stories I was expecting out of Jed McKay. Yeah, it, it was definitely way different than what he normally does. And it never explained how, why, when MJ got powers and stuff like that, and that, that frustrated me. Yeah, just left us confused. Yeah, because she doesn't seem to have them over in Amazing Spider-Man. Yep, a completely different character. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and I think over with Amazing Spider-Man... Okay issues, but really isn't explaining a whole lot as to what happened with that story beat we jumped over, and it's not really moving the story forward all that much. No. The only thing we learned is basically MJ was in a time void, stuck with Paul, and thus the kids. Well, and that it's going to take an arc to tell us what happened between volumes. Exactly. So they essentially started this volume one trade too late. It's just kind of depressing, you know? Yeah, I, I guess you know. There's another love interest in Peter's life, so good luck with that. But what 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 a tragic way to destroy a relationship. Yeah, but it's one of those things that when you've got a character that's had a couple of long-term love interests, it's a way to get rid of one of them. Well, you've got writers who who want to revert it to the one they like. Yeah, and actually, I'm pretty sure I've seen a movie about this or a show. I can't remember. I, I know I've seen this before somewhere where someone disappears and the. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, what Tom Hanks on the island. What was that? Castaway. Castaway. He disappears and he holds out for his love and he shows up and she's moved on. She thought he was dead. And yeah. It, rem- it reminded me of that. And well, like, that's uh, the same thing for the Dead Zone TV show. Yeah. Where instead of going away, it was a coma. Yeah. Uh, you know, other things like that. So it's it's not a story thing we haven't seen before, you know? Exactly. It, it's it's emotional. It's tragic. But it, it the ultimately can end up being very comforting and nice at the end. And that's what I'll hope for. (laughs) I hope so, but they need to pick up the pace. Yeah, they do. It's slow. (laughs) Anything else at Marvel or should we move on? Ah, Let's go to the indies. All right. Now, I only got 12 books here. Okay. And this is where I I, I lapped you. I got 24. I did two laps, two two dozen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a, a third of what I got was Star Trek of one variant or another. You take then Walking Dead, Time Before Time, and Power Rangers, that's another third of what I got, which leaves two issues of The Ambassador, Space Job, and the TMNT Usagi stuff. Huh. That's a good way to wrap it all up. So. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm enjoying The Ambassadors. Are you still enjoying that? I'm liking it. There was one point where they did a like a seven-year time jump, and I'm like, well, that's surprising. That was weird. I don't know why they did that, but... We are there. Okay. <laughs> Seemed a little needless, but okay. I'm enjoying it. First half of the series has been good so far. If they do another volume after this in five years, because that seems to be the par for the course for, for this sort of thing, uh, maybe I'll come back, maybe I won't, but I'm liking it. Okay, now, Forged. Did you get the second magazine? Nope. Okay, you didn't get it. Okay, I got it. It's good, but it's not great, Rucka, and the characterization's not there. There's no characterization. And that's so different for Rucka. So it's it's more world building, which he is very good at. He's great at world building. It's just, yeah. He's a great, but there, there's no characterization there. So that, that's what I'm missing. I'll, I'm going to go through some things really quick like you did. Okay. Barbaric Heldapay, enjoying that. Death Dealer, I think that's really solid. It's it, it's good art. That's the Opus book. It's They're mm-hmm. doing a good job over at Opus. And also at Opus, Frank Frazetta's Tales of Science Fantasy fantastic first episode. Probably the best thing I read from the indie side. Um, Actually, the second best thing. Uh, the other things that I really enjoyed, Nemesis Reloaded, which is Mark Millar, Nightclub, which is Mark Millar. I've been enjoying those. They're both on the fourth episode or fourth issue, and they're both really good. Noctera from Scott Snyder. I don't think he's going back to DC. He just keeps doing these 
poor titles of image, but it's working for me. Now, two new number ones that I got were Terror War and World Tree. Terror War is Ahmed, oh, Saladin Ahmed. Mm-hmm. And it's it's his first like indie book that I'm aware of. He had two come out from Image, and I only picked up one. It was okay. It was good. I'll say I'll say it's good, but it's not something that I'm passionate about. It's about a team of basically a team of characters with different roles in this characters, and they're hunting terrors. And terrors are almost like whatever you're the most frightened of, John. Like something you're frightened of. Yeah. Scor- scorpions. They just show up and appear, and they're called terrors. And they cause chaos and can kill people. So a team of these people who can almost create mind bullets fight these things. So it's it's written well. It's a good book, but that's not the kind of book I want to read. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to stick around, even though it's good. I can understand that. World Tree number one, good, but not great. Tiny and horror book. So I'm I'm sticking around for this one. It's the Kids are in the undernet in 1989. They create this world tree to map it. The undernet is what they call it. Anyway, for some unknown reason, someone hacks into it today, and you know it was kept alive. And characters from 1999 start coming back together to fix the problem of the world tree because it creates this almost weirdness. Like if you watch, you know, almost like The Ring. If you watch the movie Seven Days Later, You'll Die. Mm-hmm. If you watch this weird thing on the internet, others can control you or go on a killing spree. It's it's very weird. So it gave me the vibes of the ring. And I like it, but it's very bizarre. I'll just throw that out there. Anything that's described of it's very weird, it's very weird. <laughs> it's not for you. That's what I'm... Uh... That's exactly where I was going with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not for me. Now, one I'm going to tell you that was my favorite indie book is Traveling to Mars number five. It's not the end of it. But it's something I would give like that A, A-plus type book. And I really love this comic. It gets me thinking deeply on a philosophical level when I, about things in life. And every time I read an issue, it, it, you know, like the Flintstones did that for you. Mm-hmm. I would say, but more impactful than the Flintstones. The Flintstones was like that, but it was a little more light. This is a little more in-depth at times. Interesting. And I wouldn't say it depresses you. It doesn't depress me. It just gets you thinking and questioning. And I appreciate Mark Russell for doing that. And our protagonist was launched into space first by this meat company <laughs> to get to Mars because they want to stake a claim. But some other blips show up on its radar. Other companies have sent other people and they're catching up. They're going faster than him. Interesting. Okay. So that's where we are now. So it's 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 fantastic book. And like I said, if you want a philosophical a book that makes you think, this is the book to read. Cool. Yeah. So good stuff. And then Indigo Children's good. Not great this issue, but but still good. So with uh, the TMNT-Usagi crossover, it's all Stan Sakai. Ah! Which, if I'd realized, I mean, if I'd realized that reading it, because I'd made some notes, just not really paying attention to who had done it, although he's got a signature style and I should have noticed it. It's just, it starts on Usagi's side of the story, which anchors it in his timeline, probably at a point prior to when I've read, but still... And then about, I don't know, a dozen or so pages in, it flips to the turtle side of things and kind of gets things moving from their side, ends on the two groups meeting, which is kind of par for the course for this kind of a crossover, you know, thing. But given TMNT is in the title before Usagi, I was kind of expecting the story to start with the turtles. Yeah, that would make sense. (laughs) I mean, I'm fine with how it is because I'm a Usagi reader and not a turtles reader, and there's nothing wrong with the turtles. They're great stuff. I just never really got into them. But again, Stan Sakai, who's... Obviously, done Usagi for 20, closing in on 30 years now. And he's been associated with the Turtles in varying degrees through a lot of that time. Yeah. So, not the first crossover they've had, won't be the last. Awesome. So, it was fun. Good stuff. And I know there's a lot of Usagi fans out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of Turtles fans, too. So Exactly. A lot of Turtle fans. Actually, some on the Slack channel, too. They should check that out. But overall, I felt like I had a, a good time with most of my indie comics. I'm happy. I've cut back on all the fluff. That being said, I did pre-order a Dynamite comic again, but it's it's Red Sonia, so we'll see how it goes. If it's good, I'll stick with it. If not, I'm out. Yeah, for me, this was good stuff, except for Space Job. But it was, you know, four-issue limited series, and I'm, you know, by the time I read the first, I think I'd already pre-ordered the fourth, or it was the last one to go, so I'm just like, I may as well finish it. I, this is the middle chapter of a so-so Star Trek spoof. And I'm just not finding it as funny as the writer probably thinks it is. Yeah. I mean, I got other stuff, but some of it's just kind of eh, or it's okay. And 
it, it may be that it's middle chaptery, so I'm not even talking about those. <laughs> the Star Trek titles picking up for me. They're doing better use of the various characters they've kind of mixed together and stuff. And then number seven kind of starts the next arc. Oh, by the way, on the Star Trek note, mm-hmm. I picked up that library, the first volume. Oh, cool. So I'm going to fl- see if I like it to pick up the other ones. What arc does that start with? I, I can't remember from the solicit for the life of me, but it's collecting basically all 400 issues of Star Trek from IDW. They've done Sully. some solid stuff with it. I, I know they're not doing it in the published order, which is you know fine, do it in whatever order makes sense. Yeah, I'm curious what you think of it. Yeah, for the life of me, I just can't remember what they start with. I was wondering if it was the Countdown series that tied into the uh, Kelvin timeline movie. Oh, it might. I, I wish I had. I tossed my old preview, so <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Yeah. It's in my recycle bin. <laughs> That's got to go somewhere. Yeah. So th- there's that. <laughs> if it is that, I could be game for doing a back issue spotlight on it. Actually, that sounds good. And while you're talking like that, let me see. Star Trek Library. I'm going online and typing collection. I'm going to see if it tells me. I'm going to look online. I would imagine it would. I'm glad you're typing, because if you're going online, handwriting doesn't do any good there. Yes. Okay, delve into the history, 400, blah, blah, blah. Starting with the Kelvin timeline and the prequel that led to two, the 200, oh, 2009 Star Trek movie. Yeah. So yeah. I love that movie. So perfect. All right, cool. Blah, blah, blah. Countdown details the origin of the mysterious Nero, the Romulan that ultimately threatened the survival of the entire universe, blah, blah, blah. So on and on. So yeah, Kelvin, there you go. And you've seen the movie, right? Oh, yeah, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, and th- it definitely ties in. So if you want to do that at some point, I'm game for that. All right, cool. Yeah, I get my library. I'm trying to see June 13th is when it comes out. So anytime after June 13th, I should have it in my hands. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, cool. So we got a ton of questions. So I think we're going to stop here and do that as a Friday episode. Awesome. That sounds good. Cool. Recording clips for the preview spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview spotlight. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.